Welcome once again to No Apology with Emily and Chris. I'm Emily Danielson. And of course, my husband, my best friend, Chris, he is with me each and every day Yep. while we laugh louder, dig deeper, and live larger in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to be an exciting show today. We've had two guests cancel at the last minute, so <laughs> that's always fun. <laughs> what are we going to do? Well, Emily is going to have uh, her opening segment in just a second. We're going to look into God's Word a little bit, and Mike Shaw will be by for Right On, Way Off. Yes. And we are just thrilled that you are here with us at FreshRoadMedia.com and the No Apology with Emily show. Please share this however you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, back in the day, People used to have to pick up a landline and call their gossipy neighbor and say, hey, I'd like you to spread the word on something. Now we have all kinds of different platforms. We don't even have to use the gossipy neighbor. (laughs) Did he just say to use uh, gossip to share about the show? No. Sounds like you lived with uh, Mrs. Kravitz there for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she was pretty large in the the manor. I I grew up in a place that was known affectionately as the manor. Mm -hmm. It was very blue collar, very... It wasn't really a manor. Every one of the ma- every one of the boys who grew up in the manor, let me tell you, they know what that means, <laughs> and it means something. It means not quite something. the hood. Oh, it does. No, not quite the hood. No, but, I mean if you're thinking you know. blue collar white white hood, that was us. And, yeah, uh, but if you're thinking Dalton Abbey, Dalton Abbey, I don't even know how to say that. Dalton Abbey, the manor, not that either, right? Hey, yeah. Our sports teams, we had a there was a toughness about our our the manor that that people respected. That's all that mattered. Okay. It was fun. All anyway, right. I don't even know what we're talking about now. We're off base. There's no guests. There's no hope. There's nothing happening. <laughs> Actually, I love that because uh, that's kind of what I'm talking about in my granny rant today. Okay. It's just kind of the ordinary things in life. All right. Well, here, let's, so, let me set it up. The manor was very ordinary. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. I'm so extraordinarily ordinary. Extraordinarily ordinary. There we go. Yeah, All right. Exactly. Here she is. It is time to get it kicked off with this week. Insights that only come from experience of life lessons. Here she is, Emily Danielson, with the Granny Rant. Here's Emily. Da, 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 da. We really do have an extraordinary God. And just over this past week, I was doing things where it just really hit me that this extraordinary God that we serve really is in the ordinary things in life. Um, this week, Chris, for you and I, has been a week of raking and burning leaves, cutting down trees. We had to replace some light bulbs, baking bread, making lefsa for the holiday. And these are like really fun things because like burning leaves and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. A those, lot of these that things... change the light bulb just gets me excited. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of these things are kind of seasonal. You know, you don't do them every day, so it's, you kind of look forward to it when the seasons change. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, you get into it a little bit, and it becomes very ordinary very fast. Because you're thinking, okay, this is like, you know, the 30th loaf of bread I've baked this year. This is the 47th year of raking leaves every fall. Um, and, so you're getting exasperated. Well, well, it gets very ordinary very quick. Mm. I mean, it evokes those great feelings and the smell of bread. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm so excited for fall. And then you realize how much work comes with fall. Um, and it gets it gets ordinary very fast. Now, I started making bread. That's that's 
really what I want to focus on. <laughs> uh, I like to make sour- sourdough bread. And normally that's just, uh, it takes a little time, but it, you just fold it over a few times. It's really simple and you get some wonderful home-baked bread. Well, we wanted something softer, right? Some soft sandwich bread. So I'm making this different bread, which required kneading for like a minimum of 10 minutes. And I'm thinking, no big deal. Till I started kneading and two minutes into this, I'm realizing I am not used to kneading bread. (laughs) My arms are already getting noodly. I'm two minutes into it. It's calling for 10 minutes minimum. And 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 when Emily has these happen, just for all of you uh, listening or watching, um, she never gets annoyed. She never verbalizes this out loud to no one. Even me and the dogs are in the other room going, who's she talking to? <laughs> anyway, she's got it all together. <laughs> so my arms are noodly. <laughs> They're noodly. And I started thinking about my grandma because grandma made bread like pretty much virtually every single day of her life. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know, she had fresh bread every day. She always had those homemade cookies in the cookie jar. And I started thinking about her. I'm just thinking, no wonder she was kind of just a wisp of a woman. And no wonder she could work like a horse and in, in, long into her old age. Everybody used to work back then. Yeah. It, and so. It's not the same today. Now it's who's cutting into my sitting around time. You know? I don't anyway. know if it was the strenuous kneading that just got my mind really active. But I started oh, tell us more this. about the noodly arms after I, the kneading. I started arm. thinking things really deep. I started thinking about. It my, does happen when you work hard, though. You start getting deep thoughts, right? Yeah, you really do. And, and one thing leads to another. And pretty soon you are thinking about these deep thoughts. And it's like, no wonder, you know, grandma had her workout just making bread every day. I I don't do that every day, but grandma, she did it. So um, I started thinking, what, what are the full, what's the full impact of some of these mundane things that people have done for generations? And a few things popped into my mind. Number one, what you got? We always knew that we were going to be eating at grandma's house. We knew we were going to eat well at grandma's house. And I just thought, what? a sense of security that must have gave me as a child. Like I looked forward to it. All I had to hear was we're going to grandma's house. And I knew we we're going to eat well. Yeah. You if know? you went to grandma's house and you went to the cookie jar and you opened it up and there was like Oreos in there, you would turn like, what's this? <laughs> what's going on? What Slacking happened, grandma? grandma? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there were ever Oreos in my grandmother's <laughs> No, there would jar, never be anything ever. like that. There was like an assortment. There was an assortment of stuff going in there. Yeah. And so that was always fun. Okay, so the, the next thing I started thinking of, okay, this is exhausting for me, but Grandma did this every single day, rain or shine. So how did even she deal she with the monotony? She, even if she didn't feel good, but I thought, what a demonstration of faithfulness to her entire family, not just to her husband and her kids, but then to generations to come. Grandmother mm, did this interesting point. every single day. And she not only took the time to do these things, but then she also took the time to teach her children, her daughters, and her grand. She was teaching me how to do some of those things as well. And so it wasn't just her doing these things, but then her doing these things and teaching other people how to do these things. And the reality was grandma consumed very little of what she produced. Right. You know what I mean? All those cookies, they were not for her. They were not her reward. I mean, 
I tend to do that. I'm going to make this because I want that. And oh boy, does that chocolate chip cookie taste really good hot out of the oven sitting on my so couch. So your point is your selfishness <laughs> gets in the way. Yes. I have a much more and selfish approach to when I do these things than what my grandmother did. And I and I'm taking your point is that to break the monotony, it is a strength of faithfulness is yeah. what I heard you say. Yeah, it really is. So what grandma did and how she spent her days day in, day out, was really largely a labor of love. And I thought about my life, how much of my life is just a labor of love for other people. And boy, what a demonstration of a life that is just dedicated to and poured out for other people. That's exactly what I think of when I think of my grandmother. And so what a life lesson in just, oh, I got to need some bread. And man, this is getting tough because um, she really was like, it's those ordinary things in life. When you see that people are faithful to those things that they need to do, it's really a reflection of our Heavenly Father, our Creator, Ooh. because she loved us. She cared for us. She instructed us and taught us. And she wanted us to become like her. And I thought, wow. I mean, it just hit me like it had never hit me before because for the first time it was like, wow, this was really difficult. Um, and I know that you can take these things and you can apply them to other relationships and other people in your life, like your father providing for you or your mother nurturing you. But this past week, just the way my grandmother lived and the things she did, she crocheted clothing for us, you know, and it's like, I don't even, I don't remember even how to crochet stuff, let alone stuff that we could actually wear. But it just hit me like a ton of bricks. What that it's did? those ordinary, ordinary things thing. in life where God really demonstrates his power and his character when we are faithful to the things that he's called us to do. Mm. That's my granny rant. And so <laughs> if you're a grandma, if you're a mother, if you're anything, the, the mundane, ordinary things that you have to accomplish today, do not think that there's that they make no difference because they really, really do. And so be faithful. Yeah. God it, is faithful. Be faithful. It reminds me of how many times in the scripture it talks about how you may not see the fruit of what God's doing mm -hmm. in your time, yeah. uh, but you got to be faithful. And you take it to another uh, extreme, um, pick up your cross every day yeah. and follow him. And in the faithfulness to him, you will find purpose in the mundane. Right. And that is something that a lot of people struggle with is just the monotony of the week. And that's yeah. why, you know, the lover boy song, everybody's working for the weekend, <laughs> you know, Friday night rolls around and it's payday Fridays are even the, the best. And then I have a mug at home yeah. that has a higher capacity for coffee than any other mug. And we call that my Saturday mug, Saturday mug. Mm -hmm. And that's because then I only in, I mean, I know it's kind of maybe lame or whimsy or whatever you want to call it, but I only drink with that on Saturdays. And Sometimes Emily will use it to make a big thing of tea on yeah. Friday night and the cup is dirty on and Saturday the, oh, morning. Oh, what a hubbubaloo there is Saturday morning. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> you don't know sadness until your Saturday mug is gone. Uh, so no, I got to be honest, Grandma would yeah. be rolling over in her grave <laughs> if she knew 
that uh, you took her example of life and turned it to lover boy and your coffee mug. Well, no, okay. no, what Let's I'm saying is, is that the monotony Saturday mug came because the monotony of Monday through Friday yeah. was so difficult. Right. Doing literally 12, 16 hour days, fighting traffic, doing all mm-hmm. this stuff. Well, Saturday was was a day off, and Sunday when you're a guest speaker or a pastor or something, it's it's not really a, a Sabbath. You celebrate the Lord's Day, mm-hmm. but you're you're exhausted with the work that you do. I'm sorry. Write a term paper every week, and then get up in front of a lot of eyes that uh, can judge you for it, and present it orally every week. Hey, it's, it's exhausting. Need bread every day. <laughs> I it's know. Exhausting. The monotony of it, and so what I was. The point I was going to try to make is that yeah. pick up your cross, faithfulness to Christ, yeah. and having His ways be your your Him being your portion, His ways being your goal, yeah. makes it easier, yeah. makes it makes it makes it less taxing. It's that's the reason the Saturday mug is so so special is because that's when yeah. it's supposed to be. I'm checking out, and nobody's supposed to call me or talk yeah. to me till <laughs> at least one in the afternoon. You know that at least that's how Saturdays were when we yeah. were, you know, doing the grind all those years. Yeah, so. what's that scripture where it says to just accept and take joy in your lot in life, whatever mm-hmm. that is? That's a gift from God. So yeah. whether you're baking bread or having to write sermons or whatever that is. To just take joy in that you can do these things as a labor of love to other people and serving the Lord, like that attitude is a gift from God. There's a little phrase that will help all of you with this. Emily and I want you to know this phrase, and that is you have to or you get to. And that's it. Have to or get to. Do you have to make that loaf of bread? Well, it's going to kind of be a, a task. If you get to make that loaf of bread because God's providing all the agreement and ingredients and the time, I always tell Emily, put on music and let's toe tap our way through the, yeah. the, the stuff that we have to do. And it's amazing how we'll start laughing, joking and having a good time. And before you know it, the work is done. I can hear the kids right now. Mocking you. Yeah. You had a phrase when the kids were growing up. Smile on your face, best of your Smile ability. Smile on your face, best Smile of your ability. Smile on your face, best of your ability. Yeah, my dad used to tell me, if you're not going to do it to the best of your ability, if you're not going to do it to the best that you can, don't even do it. Yeah. Just forget it. And the know? kids also had a name for when it was time to go to work. They called it dad's time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do dad's time. And I would be like, hey, it can last 30 minutes. It can last two hours. It's up to y'all. Smile on your face, best of your ability. Uh, yeah, you but uh, no, smile on your face, best of your ability. All right. That's, now, before you come, before you become the father to our, our entire listening audience. <laughs> <laughs> the bad dad. Dad. I got like 10 dad jokes in there. Uh, let's go to the Bible Idiots deep dive. Oh, yeah. And uh, what do you got for us? today giving well, us a good reason to believe um i've got an actual question and maybe when mike shock joins us on the show we can talk about it but, okay um i'm working on second samuel chapter seven this week okay. and literally the whole chapter is one thing and, it, and it's where david gets the idea that he wants to build the temple for god okay okay and take the tabernacle out of the tents and god through or through uh Nathan, he's told, yeah, that should be great. God's with you. He blesses the work of your hands. Go for it. Okay. And then God speaks to Nathan again, and Nathan comes back and tells David, and then David goes and sits before the Lord and kind of laments. Mm-hmm. God said no. Mm-hmm. God said no. Now, here's the thing. How do I share this? Um, I got to try to maybe use three or four verses as the reading in, the, in Sunday, because the whole text is the whole seventh Very chapter long. of Second yeah. Samuel. Yeah. 
and it doesn't read well. Right. Yeah. We can't be reading scripture. I know. That, that's what I'm saying. I mean, how do you do a message Man, without reading the scripture? I mean, every <laughs> seminary professor worth his weight would said you always read the scripture first. You know, and this past Sunday I had it come in the middle of the message because yeah, I, I did that for effect. Um, so it was my, helpful. My Bible Idiots deep dive right now. If you want to go to BibleIdiots.com or on FreshWorldMedia.com, click on the Bible Idiots teaching link. Uh, we've got YouTube videos now and audio, like always. Yeah. Um, wherever you get your podcast content, it's my teaching, my sermon. This past week, it was a message about the church in Ephesus from Revelation chapter two, yeah. verses one to seven, and I wanted to get people to understand what real discipleship meant and what the purpose of the church is. And when you get the idea of what the purpose of the church is, um, then that really makes a a big deal. By the way, the purpose (laughs) of the church is give God glory to make disciples, which isn't just to make converts. Okay. It's to make disciples. There's a lot more going on there. And then to be a blessing and be a sustainment in whatever community you're in. Mm -hmm. That's what Mm -hmm. the church is called to do. Right. Right. And, and so, you know, my church is a great country club. Well, churches make poor country clubs, okay, number one. Have <laughs> yeah. you ever been to a country club? Yeah. yeah. The church, that's not what that, what it's supposed right, to be. Right. Is there supposed to be fellowship? Yes. Is there supposed to be, you know, activities and events? Yes. But at the end of the day, it's to celebrate God's glory in our right. life and how Jesus Christ has touched us. Now, you got to sit through that message, Emily. What did you think? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was just so full, and I I really appreciated it. But, Chris, you made a really good point in that uh, the purpose of the church is to make disciples, and that is those disciples through the church are equipped to go out and seek the lost, and as people are converted, then bring them into the church, and the church's job is then to disciple them. So, yeah. well, my yeah, Bible like idiot, my Bible idiots uh, uh, deep dive is about discipleship, and I just want to remind everybody I, that was all just kind of a setup to make this point. Yeah, is that disciples in that world were how they passed on tradition. And to be a disciple of a rabbi, especially a famous rabbi, and people got to understand Jesus was a famous rabbi by the time he was calling his mm-hmm. disciples yeah. because he was known in the temple as a 12 year old yeah. who could Teaching. who could teach yeah, you know, with authority with authority. And so when when he was known as this famous rabbi, then when he reads that Isaiah chapter in that t- in the synagogue in, in Nazareth, it was like, oh, it's gone to his head. He thinks he's the Messiah now. So they tried to throw him off the cliff. Right, right. So when the disciples eventually got around to, who do you say I am? And they said, and then uh, Peter said, you are the Christ. Mm -hmm. That, you got to understand the context. Context is the very best and brightest got called to be disciples. And Mm -hmm. everybody in that culture, and I mean everybody in that culture, wanted their child to be a disciple of a rabbi. That was like, and so I'm sure that they would be teaching the kids, listen, if you don't get picked, if you don't get called to be a disciple of a rabbi, there's still the fishing, there's still the carpentry, there's <laughs> yeah, still these, But that was these their hope. That was really their hope the, I, for all Jewish young boys. When and men. you read the culture of how they passed on their 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 scriptural and, and understanding through discipleship, and those disciples were expected to then grow up and mature and then create their own mm-hmm. disciples, that... You can't understate how or overstate how important it was to try to get to be a disciple of a famous rabbi. Right. It, it would be the equivalent of getting deal. drafted in the first round of the NFL is what I said yesterday. And then I also added the fact that it that doesn't even do justice to it. Right. So this is why 
when James and John and all these other guys are all doing their jobs, they were not called to be disciples. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, Jesus calls them to be a disciple. They drop what they're doing and they just go immediately. Mm -hmm. And it makes a lot of everything kind of comes into context. Well, the deal with discipleship at its core is that you would then slowly become through learning at the you know off the dust of the feet of the of the rabbi you followed him so closely you get the dust off the of dust sandals. off of him would get on you also yeah. you sat at his feet in the dust is another yep. thing to say um that you would then become like him in character mm-hmm. the character of the people was what was important through mm-hmm. the discipleship kind of like grandma and for <laughs> us we when we say we want to make disciples in the modern church a lot of times it's we want to try to have converts that will fill up the church so we can meet our budget. Right. And, and that's what I have been frowning upon and fighting against for over 30 years. You forget your first love. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like this cannot be. If I want to do business, let me go do business and let me do business really, really well. I don't want to be in the church and doing business. Well, we've got to be about the Lord's business. There's bills to pay and stuff like that. There are realities I, we I know. have to function in. Yeah. But there is a higher calling in this yeah. that we have to do this through the character of our Lord and Savior who called us, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Absolutely. So that's my Bible, Idiot Deep Dive. If you want more, uh, the message is Jesus and the purpose of the church. It's based on Revelation yes. chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And it is streaming on Podbean on all of these different formats, uh, iTunes, um, uh, that's Apple, Spotify, TuneIn. It's, it's on them all. Yeah. But also with uh, the help of uh, Mike Shaw, the producer, the best producer in the world, we now have it on video from videoing on our new platform in our new uh, expanded sanctuary at Fresh Encounter Church. Yeah, that's pretty and exciting, so, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, so you can even watch the YouTubes now. It's filling up, and I love it because There's, it seems kind of counter to what is happening a lot across our country where where churches are closing they're shrinking they're getting smaller and yet here we are well the truth uh, you know we're the, growing yeah and a that's, lot that's a lot a of that thing. is there there are people pastors elders leaders mm-hmm. of the church mm-hmm. that get fired up to want to see god um authentically worshiped and his name made great and yeah. give him glory yeah. while they're making disciples of blessing their community and that truth in our culture is very hard people don't want to change they don't want to be told that yes. they're wrong they, they don't want to they don't want to have, you know, they don't want to have any kind of confrontation with anybody. And they say they're erring on the side of love. And they, that might be true. But who are they loving? They're actually loving themselves. I love myself so much. I'm not going to tell you that you're in serious error against the Lord Jesus, because that would just be mean. Mm-hmm. Said no authentic Christian ever. I mean, <laughs> most of them have gone to their death saying Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through him. Right. And so this weak-wristed Christianity that we've been fighting for the last 25 years, I think has jumped the shark, especially in the last three or four years, to the point where it's not even Christianity at all. Now it's yeah. just a, it's a poor facsimile, and I just feel just disappointed that so many people are living spiritually defeated <laughs> lives know, right? while, trying to, while trying to be gods of themselves. Yeah. And try to add Jesus onto that. Yeah. You know, somebody said to me one time, they, you know, recently, well, there's only one Jesus and I'm saved anyway. Yeah, that's not true. There's a thousand Jesuses out there, but there's only one authentic Jesus of the Bible. Yeah. And he has some stuff to say that kind of goes directly against that. Uh, I don't know what else to call it. This weak-wristed just... Uh, <laughs> And that's all I have to say about that. That's my final word. Yeah. (laughs) That is a deep dive. I feel 
like I'm in the depths right now. So awesome. All right. I love it. All right. Let me All take right. us to break because yes. during the break you talk, so it's got to be my voice last. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. You're you're good. I forgot that I, I talk. <laughs> what happens when you need it bread? That's what I Monday morning, right? And I'm exhausted, if you can't tell. All anyway, right. We're yeah. coming up around the corner. Mike Shaw is going to join us with Right On Way Off. Yes. You're listening to No Apology with Emily and Chris right here on listener-supported FreshRoadMedia.com. Hey, if you enjoy listening to No Apology with Emily and Chris, if you get any encouragement from it, please consider standing with us financially. Go to FreshRoadMedia.com and consider giving a wonderful gift today. It is appreciated. Welcome back to No Apology with Emily and Chris, where we laugh louder, dig deeper, and live larger in the Lord Jesus Christ. We do indeed. And before we get into right on way off, Chris, I want to just back up a little bit because you were talking earlier about kind of your unorthodox method of bringing the scripture to into the message um, last mm-hmm. Sunday, yeah, it was. We, we, you were like well into the message, and then okay. it's like, okay, here's our our passage for the day. Right. You'd been, <laughs> you'd been reading scripture and setting up. How a did that go fire. from the audience perspective? I thought it was really good, but you know, I tend to be very flexible like that. But some See, people are not. I know, flexible. and I was. I I tried to mention it a couple times. Like, don't worry, I didn't forget the, the you did, text you is did. coming because I. But I. But did it have a bigger impact? than just reading it at the front. I think so. But you know how it is. I mean, when you made the movie uh, Bible Idiots, um, that gospel message started coming out fast and furious. And some people, like, at one point, they're like, they thought the movie was kind of over because they got that gospel presentation. And so in the habit of, this is the plain gospel, ba-dum-bum, Show's over. Yeah. Like, and it's Just like, as no, I am. we're doing this totally yeah. differently. And you did that. And I like it because, you know, you're you're breaking the rules. Pastor Chris well, saving lives, breaking one rule. And I don't have to. I have about four things right now in what I call the hopper or on the stove, whatever you want to call it. Um, I can go four different directions. I th- yeah, you can say f- five or six, but really there's four that are ready to be uh, needed, you know, <laughs> dough that's ready to be kneaded and baked. But um, bum. And the David series that I've been doing, OFW, David OFW, which is obedience, faith, and worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're ready to go to Second Samuel chapter seven, and this is an incredible time when God tells you no. What can we learn from ah. that? But to read Second Samuel chapter seven, I believe there's 29 verses off of memory. That's too long a read. Number one, mm-hmm. and number two, there's it's. To get the full thing, you need the full chapter, okay? Right. So what do we read to start the message? Or do we just, like, do what a lot of pastors do? Just take three sentences or three verses that actually, it's a hard read. David, your servant, your servant, you know, the the Lord most high. It's it's, There's just so much repetitiveness there. Old Testament speak that it's hard to have it be read in a concise manner that, for corporate worship. I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm debating. Well, anytime it. you're telling a story, it's kind of like, well, what's the crux of the story? And what do we set up really fast just to get people up to speed what they need to know before we start okay. focusing on what's so what if so I that's did, always, so always what if, the so case what if this, setting up the story. So what if this Sunday yeah. uh, we did, and I'm just, I'm, I don't have the scripture in front of me. I'm just speculating. So don't look this up and say, well, that would sound terrible. But what if we did like say verses, 
uh, 7 through 9 and then came back and did verses 21 through 26 or yeah. something like that. It's and, been and then, done hey, before. you got to fill in the rest as yeah. we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll try that. Should we you get Mike Shaw's opinion on it? Let's do that. Let's do that. All right. Mike, it's what do you think about it? Well, I think uh, just, to, just to make it the diff- degree of difficulty higher. <laughs> Because you know, I watch. I love watching like diving at the Olympics and higher yeah. the degree of difficulty. You mm-hmm. have a better chance of scoring big. So right, you know, so nothing ventured, nothing gained. So what you need to do is read the whole chapter in the King James with the theist and the Dallas. and that's, yeah. that really puts up the degree of difficulty. Well, if, a if really going, great chance for a high score. If we're going for high score, then somebody yeah. should read it in Latin. Okay. Right. <laughs> yes. No, 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 yes, no. that's even better. Yeah. There are yes, people. There are people in our congregation. They were raised on King James, right. and yeah. so it's like yeah. that's how they memorized it. Yeah. That's how they know it, and they yeah. know the meaning. And and so when you when they read that version, it's so familiar to them, and it really it really hits home. So I love that. I love that breaking the rules and using whatever oh, yeah, you're, means you're necessary. You're a rule breaker, aren't you? No, I'm not a rule breaker. Yeah, I'm just a rule say. follower, which is exactly why God gave me you. Because <laughs> he has a great sense yeah, of humor. Yeah, to show you the other side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, for, for me, that was kind of my joke answer. My real answer is I, I'm kind of a rule breaker too. So I yes. like, and I kind of, I don't need it but I prefer variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, if you're if you're having everyone stand for the scripture and then you have the reading and it's the same every week, um, I, I like I, I'm not saying I don't like it, but I prefer when you mix it up a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, I kind of like Emily's ideas or I think Chris mentioned it first. Emily agreed. You know, break it up. You know, yeah. do do it. Do a section, and then, then expound on it. Do another section, expound. I think any way you want to do it, yeah. I think is is going to work. If you're constantly shaking it up and doing it differently, mm-hmm. then isn't doing it differently the norm? Well, this one, this one. <laughs> here, here's That's the thing: deep. a lot, a lot, of folks are, don't bring their Bibles anymore. They have them on their devices. I and a lot am of times, guilty. And a lot of times, they they don't have the device open to the passage, and so we use the screen to spoon feed as many people as we can. Nothing wrong with that. No. Look, you know, my my attitude is is that it doesn't matter. I've I've had the privilege of preaching in front of twenty five thousand people. I've also, and multiple times, big crowds like that. Mm-hmm. I've also had the privilege multiple times to speak to groups of seven, eight. In fact, when we flew, we flew into a town called Igigik, Alaska to have church. And there was four yes. people there, plus the three that were on the airplane with me. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, in, in the airplane only sat four. That's how small the runway was in Igigik, Alaska. You can look it up. They had a post office and that was the, it. The, the reality is that it's the exact same activity yeah. that's going down. Mm-hmm. And so you, you can try to find various ways to do this, but it still comes down to why are we doing it? We're doing it to make his name great, mm-hmm. God to get glory, to help make disciples, and then to be a blessing. Yeah. Like when we flew into Igigik, they had their grocery store. By the way, Igigik is a town uh, village in Alaska of 111 people. 111, I still remember that. And the reason I remember that is that at 1 o'clock on Mondays is when their grocery store opened. And it closed as soon as it could, usually yeah. one thirty or one forty-five. Yeah. Basically, everybody converged on the grocery store. Can you imagine what kind of community that is? Yeah. So when we came down, we brought a couple gallons of milk and some pizzas with us just to bless the community. 
community. And the pizzas that we had coming out of Naknek, Alaska, mm. not to be confused with South Nag, yeah. There was, it yeah. was, it's, it's, Iggy a, Gig, not I to mean, be confused with Iggy Yogic. There's, there's, <laughs> there's three great pizzas in the world. There's Chicago pizza, there's New York pizza, and then there's Naknek, Alaska yeah. pizza. Yeah. yeah. And not necessarily in that good. order. So anyway, now I'm anyway. thinking about pizza and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Yeah, well, oh, so, I, it was about rule breaking. Um, yeah. You know, there's no reason to celebrate being being a rule breaker. No. In fact, we don't want to break rules, but we want to have um, just this aliveness that's yes. not restricted. That's what we're looking for. And mm-hmm. Jesus offers that in bushel loads for those who want to submit their lives to him. Right. Our challenge is, is that we only want to submit our lives to him when it's convenient for us. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we're not really fully submitted. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Christian sanctification slash growth slash spiritual right. formation, whatever you want to call it, comes into play. Yeah. But, yeah. And so, I mean, you're right about that. And yeah. here's here's part of that, jumping off of that, because my personality type, I like the rule breaking thing. I like variety. Some people are much more rigid and strict, and that's the way they enjoy. And you people make us sermon. nervous. Yeah, right. And and we make each other nervous, right? We do. Yeah. Right. But here's the thing: when I'm in church, it's incumbent upon me to pay attention to what the pastor is saying, so that the Holy Spirit right. can use my actual ears to get it inside of me. Mm-hmm. And so whatever method the pastor chooses, I have to deal with that. And if it rubs me the wrong way, I got to set that aside because God has a message for me. And that's incumbent on me. Mm-hmm. Same with the worship. You know, when I'm listening to the worship, when God is ushering me into his presence and I don't like the genre of music, I don't care. Yeah. It's on me to press in to Absolutely. what God has for mm-hmm. me. Absolutely. And that is a it's a, it's a process. It's maturity. Yeah. And it's like, that's why we make disciples, what Chris was talking about earlier, because as you walk with the Lord and as you learn and as the as he mm-hmm. teaches you, then you realize these things. Right. And, and then you're able to be a better example for Absolutely. people coming up instead of my spiritual gift, which is being an example of what not to do. Yes. Well, Mike, <laughs> you and I have both the same spiritual gift, and that is to take Emily's show from her and not allow her to get on with right on way off. <laughs> All right, we're going to go there, but I do just want to say the one thing that church is the place where we should be able to exercise our those spiritual gifts yeah. that you talk about. And Which is why everybody's shocked I'm this participation guy. What did you just say? Exercise spiritual gifts. How do you do that? Well, you got you got to make a way for people to do that. Well, you got to encourage them to participate in Exactly. And then when it happens, like Mike said, it's incumbent upon us to see what God is doing and plug into what God is doing because going and sitting in church is not a spectator sport. If you think it is, you got to rethink that. You're, yeah. you're coming in to be a part of an acting group of people. Even if you're not necessarily up in front of people, um, you're, it, it's, you are, to be, it's an active thing. It yeah. is not God a passive call, thing. If at God all. calls you yeah. and saves you, He calls you to be active in your church, uh, which is the bride of Christ. And it doesn't matter what that activity is. It's it's where God's called you. Well, Just it participate. Does. No, it doesn't. I mean, well, I'm, I'm just, I, I will, I will be honest with you. The person who is serving communion or helping our free, we have free, free, real good donuts, like top of the line donuts, free coffee. We have a top of the line coffee shop. Facts. Yeah, people that are people that are doing that. 
in my opinion, are just as important as oh, the worship yeah, leader, the pastor, the guy, the audio video absolutely. guy. I mean, it's, it's a team effort of coming together to worship. Now, we all have our roles to play. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what is that for you? Well, I know that there's people that are sitting in the audience or listening to the podcast in various states around the country that are called to be preachers. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping some of them will take some of my stuff and go ahead and steal it. I don't care. Um, you know, use it if it if it benefits the glory of God. And so I, I've been taught that and been, been guided that way myself coming up through the ranks that there are certain ways that you just participate and let God open the doors for you. And if you're thinking about being a pastor or preacher of the gospel, make sure you're called because mm-hmm. although there is some great joy in it, it's also a, a burdensome yeah. We'll just <laughs> if there's anything else that you can do, yeah. do that thing. Yeah. But if no. the call is so but heavy that God. nothing else, listen to God and serve where is... you can. I, I yeah. there was a there was a guy who was in Arizona uh, at a church that we were attending for a while. Who um, uh, I think I was the interim pastor there for like six weeks. He had been doing the children's van ministry for over 20 years and that's all he did was drive around and pick up kids and a lot of times their mothers and a lot of single mothers with kids and take them back and forth to church and that's what he did and i'm telling you that that was and he would he would then talk about memory verses with the kids uh he would play christian music and he he was just a a, an old friend of these kids and they Mm -hmm. got to know him that way no one will convince me that Billy Graham's ministry was better than this guy's. What's more important. Or more important. Yeah, yeah. Just different is right. all it is. Exactly. And it's just different for We're what, all you called know, to do something. Be, Christian, do something. Do something. <laughs> do something. Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon. There yeah. you go. Yeah. All, all right, right. Let's move on to right on way off because the first question or the first statement that I got coming out of the shoot is a whopper. And I <laughs> know you guys are going to have a lot to say about Sweet. it. So. Right. Hit me. Very first statement. I'm going to read these statements. Chris and Mike are going to tell me whether these statements are right on or way off. And then I will tell them if they're right on or way off. (laughs) So the first one, Pope Francis. Ooh, alerts are up right now, right? Pope Francis has made it clear that transgender people can be baptized, serve as godparents, and be witnesses at church weddings. Is this right on or is this way off? Pastor Chris, we're going to start with you. Way off. Okay. Way off. Why? And if, Unless they want to change the tenets of the actual Catholic Church. I'm not even talking about Christianity. I'm not talking about biblical Christianity. Yeah. And I will try to calm down. <laughs> But I am very disgusted. And in fact, a conservative bishop who tried to point all this stuff out in Mm -hmm. Texas got fired over this. Yeah. And so I just would I will go on record as saying that um, the pope has gone away. Forget the Bible. Forget Christianity as we know it as Mm -hmm. what's called evangelicals or whatever. Just Vatican, Vatican II, just the teachings of the Catholic Church, which we've studied, those of us who have. Uh, you know, seminary experience. You, you, you have to yeah. look at the early church, compare. which was Catholic, yeah. you know, Catholic. It was the break away from the Catholic church that uh, uh, on Halloween night, uh, Martin Luther nailed, uh, what was it, 98 Reese's pieces to the, <laughs> to the board. <laughs> 95 theses. Yeah. Reese's. Um, so anyway, in that context, just in that context alone, he's way out of line. Okay. He's way out of line. You You've got to... You've got to look at the fact that these people who are transgender are an affront to God's creation at, 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 at a start. And they it's been known as a mental illness for years and years and years. And there are thousands upon thousands of people 
who have said, my faith in Jesus Christ led me out of this, their mm-hmm. words, not mine, mm-hmm. destructive lifestyle. Yeah. Yep. So when you have that, now the Pope wants to make it good. The Pope's in the wrong. And, you know, I, well, don't get me started about anti-Pope thoughts, but the, the dude's so far gone. It's, it's, it, it, the Catholic church is just, a, it is definitely yeah. uh, turned the corner and is yeah, moving all I got to say about ever it. faster in another direction. But Mike Shaw, what do you think? Pope France, Pope Francis has made it clear that transgender people can be baptized, serve as godparents and be witnesses at church weddings. Is that right on or way off? That is so way off. Um, my goodness. Uh, I mean, as much as Chris said, there's still a lot more to say. About it. <laughs> I'm not going to be the one to say it this time. <laughs> Remember last time, that was 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Ended badly. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I can get us banned on something. Uh, yeah, go for <laughs> it. Um, I mean, there, I don't know where to start. I'm going to just start with the core of the question. Okay. Right. So, um, and, le- and let's just move it to a Bible-believing church like ours. Mm-hmm. Right? We do want, we want people of all kinds in the pews mm-hmm. because yeah. we want them to hear the truth. We want right. them to hear God's truth. Yeah. The God's word is what changes people's hearts. God's word is what changes yep. people's hearts. But we're not going to then go, okay, well, you have this, you know, this, this is this evil thing that you believe and, and that you're still doing and mm-hmm. that you are celebrating. Um, we're not going to put you in leadership. Right. And there are all different kinds of leadership in the church. And, you know, it's not just, you know, in the worship band or, uh, you know, on the church board or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, while, while God, you know, when you become saved and really saved and your spirit is, is sealed with God's spirit, then you're going to not want to do those things. Right. And you're certainly, if, if you're still struggling, especially early on, um, you're going to struggle. You're not going to celebrate sin, mm-hmm. right. which is what we're seeing in the culture. Yeah. That's, that's what this is. And what we're seeing the Pope doing. So the Pope mm-hmm. is giving a wink and a nod to things that God hates. Look, exactly. he, what the Pope has just done is so anti-biblical is what he has said is, and forget the baptism and the Godparent thing. That, that, yeah, uh, yeah. What he's saying is, is that if you are transgender, you can be soundly saved and esteemed in your transgenderism. Mm-hmm. You can't. God made them both male and female. God's decision. That doesn't mean you won't struggle with it. There's a lot of people that have come out of the lifestyle that still, you know, have twinges here and there. But the transgender delusion that mm-hmm. has impacted us, and we've been in the front lines of this since 2015. And trust me, when Bruce Jenner came out as Caitlyn Jenner, that was the turning point. He got the ESPY award in July of 2015. How do I know this? Because the next month, Emily had a Facebook post that went viral, and I'm talking 500,000 likes, 250,000 shares. My daughter and I both had comments in the original string that had over 10,000 likes. That's how much this blew up. And the, and the, the post was, he will never really understand what it means to be a woman. And she had like seven paragraphs, and it was so stone-cold, um, just uh, truth, simple, yeah, simple truth that you couldn't argue with. It. Well, that came with 111 death threats, and we quit counting at 111. Mm-hmm. Point is, is from that time to this, it has become so mainstream, so matter accepted, of fact that you have to yeah. accept it. Now the Pope's coming out and saying this behavior is good. The Bible says they will call evil good and good evil. And, yep. and right now, look, you love the trans. We had so many great conversations yeah. with so many great transgender people. There was, a, and some of them just got ornery and angry. But there were some that I. One guy, uh, his his real name was Al, but he wanted to go by Alicia. 
uh, we ended up praying together, you know, uh, over, over uh, a, a DM string. Never talked to the guy or the gal. Um, and again, we're, we're browbeat for, for not wanting our women to compete against biological males. Like we're some sort of Neanderthals <laughs> for thinking What a freak that. you are. And the Pope now, <laughs> the Pope, the Pope has rubber stamped this. Yeah. Do you understand the times in which you live? Yeah. This is, look, every transgender person knows that they have a friend in Emily and I. We'll help them change a tire. We'll help them with their rent if we can, you know, that type of thing. But we'll never tell them that they're they're sound before God because there's no nothing in the Bible mm-hmm. that would say that. Yeah. It would say, trust God's plan for your life. Trust that he made us the way he made us. Yeah. I'm not a very tall guy. I've been mad at God most of my life that I did not reach six foot tall. I mean, it's just, it bums me out. So I've had to deal with that. Well, it took me till I was like 40 years old, you know, 35 to 40 years old, where I finally just accepted it, took the lifts out of my shoes and, <laughs> <laughs> and went on with life. No so, can't run for I mean, who doesn't have a flaw physically that they're, that they're really sad that they have? Yeah. Some greater than others. Anyway, yeah. that's all I So have. the bottom line on my answer yes. is um, what the Pope is doing in this issue and perhaps others, but we don't celebrate our sin. And if you give right. a wink and a nod to something that is clearly not biblical and something that God is against because he loves you, mm-hmm. then that is not love. Exactly. The issue that I have is that in our country right now, we got to share the gospel much more intentionally yeah. so that Jesus can do the work of breaking through the clutter we can't because it is now almost law. It's not, it's not law in free speech America yet, but it's getting close. Where to say some misuse somebody's pronouns should be punishable by... Uh, incarceration. Oh my gosh. Or, Canada started that. That's yeah. what that's what launched Jordan Peterson onto the scene when he said, No. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen this movie before and we know how that ends. Right, exactly. So. Exactly. You know, and it gets back to your preaching, Chris, where you talk about the OFW. Did I say that right? Which yeah. is O uh or F O W which what is it? O F Go ahead. OFW. OFW, faith, faith and, worship. and worship. Those three things work in tandem with each other and they build each other. You take one of them out and the rest of them fall apart. And so that obedience and that faithfulness and that worship, you know, that culminates into a good and, and proper worship. What I find is really interesting, and you guys are both uh, correct in your views, Um is how the Catholic Church will welcome this in, but there's a whole list of other reasons why they, why they will kick people out of the church and not mm-hmm. let them be a part of their church um, for a lot of different reasons that really aren't biblical either. And so, you know, we minister, Chris, you and I do minister to several people, many people, uh, who have come out of the Catholic Church and still carry with them a tremendous amount of guilt and shame and so on because of that Scars. So, sure. so it seems like there's just it's just flipped and um yeah you guys are actually right that that's a reason to be concerned i really do believe that and i think that it's really about authenticity it's one thing to walk into a church and be like you know i just don't know if i believe this stuff because this is who i am and this is what i do and i don't think there's anything wrong with that that's totally different than rubber stamping something that we know is a thumb in the eye of God. So what if this is all pre-planned? Well, of course it and is. And I go back to when Benedict uh, 
got set on the shelf first time in yeah. like hundred thousands of years or whatever a pope just wasn't I able remember to, that wasn't able to play out the string to right, death right right um and francis was installed i you know and and from that time uh the first couple of years he was pope he was really being played up as the pope of the people mm-hmm. you know he's just mm-hmm. a regular dude he and, rides the bus yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay um <laughs> He's a regular guy, so maybe he should. And, and, and that's because the bus is the only now, vehicle high enough to, you know, yeah. the accommodate the the Pope hat. Yeah. <laughs> Just a Just little quick kidding. teaching moment. I mean, there is a predisposition for those of us who have been enlightened by God to want to love our fellow man. Yeah. Exactly. And so, what is the loving thing to do to help them? see that their behavior is destructive and maybe uh, give them a pathway out of it or to esteem them in their destructive behavior to their destruction. At what point are you loving just yourself? Cause you don't want to offend somebody. Well, what does God say? Just saying. Uh, a, <laughs> I mean, that's God's, <laughs> that's God's plan. We have to know the truth that before it can make us free. Yeah. And he does that because he loves us. It's there's not 10 commandments. There's not these rules or laws or, you know, best practices or all. That's the reason why, there are standards in the kingdom is because God loves you. He wants you to have a great life and he doesn't want you to harm yourself. Yeah. And that, cause that's what sin, sin does. It harms you. And, uh, what's the, what's the phrase you have, Emily, about splatter? Is that yours? Sin splatter. Yeah. That was from, uh, Ron Bull. Ron Bull. Ron Bull. It's a really, so, really good phrase. Right. Isn't it? it affects other people. It affects yeah. other people too. And so, yeah, you know, it really God does. doesn't want that for your life. And it all gets back to the verse. I can't remember the address of it, but where it talks about in the Bible, there will be many that have this form of godliness, but deny the power. What power? The power to be transformed and made alive in Christ Second Jesus. 2 Timothy 3, 5. There and you. then it ends with avoid these people. There you go. Doesn't mean reject them. Doesn't mean make them feel bad. Just avoid them. And uh, that's why you're my pastor. Because <laughs> bad company corrupts good morals. Right? Yeah. There you go. All right. Let's move on because we, I think we exhausted that. I think I went full Bible idiot on your show. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And then I could have gone more into just yeah. the Catholic Church. I'm trying to, I'm trying to temper my comments because I mean, it is, it is so disgusting. I know. It's that, hard. That, that the truth of traditional family life as outlined in the Bible is so now an affront. It's an affront to anybody. So, you know, it, it's just hard. A reason but to, here's the good thing. Here's the good news. You know, reason. when you just kind of look over the landscape, I mean, look at uh, Leah Thomas. Is that the name of the transgender mm-hmm. swimmer? Um, yeah, that's just, it's not being accepted. And women's sports, women are standing up and saying, no. And we're willing to take the hit. We're willing but, to forfeit that match. We're willing to forfeit that trophy. Well, you're we're being, willing to forfeit this thing because it's just not right. You're being duped. Okay. take it's, you, you brought up this guy. Then let's go to Mike Shaw. I want to hear what he has to say on this. <laughs> um, that Leah Thompson's coming up out of the pool and there's a picture. And yeah. he looks just like a dude. Uh-huh. So NBC photoshopped it and put right. makeup on him to make him look more female and then published that picture. That's called deception. That's yeah. called duping people. Yeah. This is a dude who was ranked like 112th in swimming, became a became a gal, and then won the gold medals. I mean, yeah, she's like number five. Yeah. Whatever. It, it doesn't even matter. It. it yeah. And again, you just called her she, yeah, him, she, <laughs> him, it, whatever. Him, she. You know? It is yeah. him, she. Well, that's the confusion and, and uh, the whole point. Who's the author of confusion? Yeah. yeah. Well, so there's that point. And then the other thing is it's just an attack on the family. 
Yeah. yeah. Ephesians 5 is a picture of Jesus and the church, marriage, yeah. and Jesus and the church, and the picture of one and the other. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a godly marriage, one man, one woman, and the man is loving his wife as Jesus loves the church mm-hmm. in a sacrificial way, and when the woman is respecting the man the way the church should respect Jesus, mm-hmm. it works it in marriage. It really does. And it's a picture of that relationship which Satan hates, so he attacks yeah, the that family. faithful covenant relationship that the family has. You know, it so, is a it's a mirror to the relationship that God wants to have. With some, somebody says, world. somebody says, you that is such an affront to the transgender when you speak that way. And I say, well, what about the affront to the born again Christian when you speak the way you do? That just doesn't matter. It just doesn't count. Yeah. And we're watching madness happen. I mean, just the support of Hamas and all that. Now I'm off on another yeah, Emily, yeah. get back to your show. Everyone has the right to be offended. <laughs> yeah. Be offended. It doesn't mean that we're mm-hmm. going to change. All right. We're moving <laughs> on to number two. And that's all I have to Because right? I think, this. like I said a few minutes ago, we've exhausted that now. Um, but have we? <laughs> I was going to say that. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's I have a feeling it'll be on another show. So, uh, hey, yeah, by yeah. the way, if you have thoughts on the topics that we do discuss, us, please, you can go to freshroadmedia.com. You can leave thoughts, comments, anything that you have to say, or things that you might even want to talk about. Go to freshroadmedia.com, connect with us, and uh, let's get some dialogue going back and so because Yeah, the sound, sound off, off button off. off. There you go. Right. All right, number two. Number two. <laughs> People who wear pajamas in public. They have not given up on life. They are actually living it to the fullest. Mike Shaw, what do you think? Is that right on or is that way off? I'm 100% right on. Okay. Um, you know, the people of Walmart, I know. I know. I mean, it's there's a line and yeah. it depends on who you are. Yeah. Some people can pull it off. Looks, It's fine. And, yeah. I, and I love the expressing yourself and the freedom. Um, but, you know, please be appropriate. Yes. So that would be the first thing I would say. But, all right. um, but other than that, I am all for the expression and the freedom. Go for yes. it. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. What do you think? <laughs> I, can, I can see your face. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Chris? Uh, people who wear pajamas in public have not given up on life. They're actually living it to the fullest. What do you think? Right on or way off? Okay, in the context in my head, I'm thinking that this is like common behavior, not just a one off. We're going to go have fun. Okay. You know, you know, like, you know, like somebody doing a double dog dare to go get gas in their fuzzy slippers, you know, or Uh something like that. uh Uh, I'm going to be way off. Okay. Why? Well, because there's a certain level of um, class, Uh decorum, uh, protocol, a lot of different things that I think that people uh, need to put on their big boy pants in the morning. That means taking your jammies off and getting out in the world and being somebody. If, if I, and I, you know, as I've been in some roles in my career, if I had employees that were coming to work in their pajamas, uh, they would do that once. And the second time they wouldn't have a job. Yeah. You cannot go represent me and the company that I represent by dressing in your pajamas because it's just not socially acceptable. And that, oh, you're you're just wanting to conform to the man. No, (laughs) no, I'm just saying it's called class and we still can have some. 
But if it's whimsy and we're trying to have some fun, I'm not. I'm I'm the first one to applaud and laugh. Okay. But if you're wearing pajamas to to work or to church for the fifth or sixth time, <laughs> um, well, yeah, then then so, maybe there's more going on. So I'm with you on that. I mean, I'm not saying that pajamas should be the new business. <laughs> I'm not saying that. That's what I heard. <laughs> but if you're wearing, if you're like, if you're shopping early on a Saturday morning and you're at your store. In your PJs, and, yeah. it's, and it's appropriate, I'm good. Okay, so here's the deal. And it happens once in a great while. I was really hoping you two would fall it like on the same side, because I am very torn on this one as well. Number one, because I have actually worn my pajamas in public. There we go. Because, you know, Chris and I worked opposite shifts. We had four kids. It was 11 o'clock at night. We, we were traveling and, and doing realized... so many shows. One time she got on an airplane with her pants inside out. I <laughs> I did. I also came to church with my slippers on. Yes, and I didn't good. even know it until I got called up front and I got up to walk. And it's like, this feels odd. And I looked down and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I wore my slippers to to work. Well, well okay, so this gets me to another point. Were they like puppy slippers? They were like the fuzzy like okay. Norwegian looking yeah. slippers. Yeah. They had hard soles on the bottom, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, and I kind of wear them all day around the house and everything. So I just kind of left and didn't even think anything of it. But um, <laughs> I have to agree with you, Chris, in that if you just take snapshots of people today and you compare them to people back in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, like they had class. They looked great. I mean, Grandma was one of those 70s bell-bottom wearing girls and with her long hair parted straight down the middle. And I'm sorry, but she looks great. You know, yeah. no one is as cool as Grandma was in the 70s. You can try, but you're just not going to be Well, go back to the 50s great, with June you know? Cleaver. I mean, pearls yeah. and high heels in the kitchen. <laughs> You won hot ticket. Well, and you guys remember the commercial in the early 70s, curlers in your hair. Shame on you. you. Oh, my goodness. The culture has changed. Wow. I cannot believe how quickly that commercial came back. In my head, that song. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Okay, so well, are you so are you way off then, Emily? Like I said, I'm really torn because I've done okay. it myself, number one. Number two... Um, it seems like regular clothes and pajamas are getting more and more similar as right. time goes on. I'm wearing sweats and today. I, I had some of those gauzy, flowy pants on one time because they're really comfortable and you can move very easily in them. Then I went to clean a, a business room and somebody walked in and said words to the effect of, you know, glad you got dressed today to come into this. Like, no, these are real pants. They're they're pants. They're not pajamas. So, yeah, it's it's getting a little convoluted. At times, I kind of wish we would go back. Uh, in fact, Chris, you can testify to this. I, I'd like to even go back further than the 60s, 50s. Yeah, you um, want to go back to where men wore hats. Yeah, where they wore hats and mm-hmm. ruffled shirts and tailored jackets and you know. Shirts. By the way, yes. by the way, when when football when football and NASCAR and yeah. hockey is on in the house, uh, mm-hmm. she's in her part watching these old black and white movies. You yeah. know the ones I'm talking about. I never loved you, Jimmy. Oh, Sally, say it ain't so. <laughs> Having those tough conversations in black and white. Yeah, I'm sorry, anyway. but one of the most snappiest dressers in all 
that I can even think of is well, um, thank you, thank is, you very much. No, is in Peter Pan the the Captain Hook. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, that's Captain just Hook. a great outfit. I'm sorry, the yeah. purple jacket, the ruffled shirt, the very groomed mustache. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld put an end to the puffy shirt. Yeah. Well, whoever invented whoever invented the stretchy jeans genius yeah i know genius. right yeah. yeah all right let's move on all to right, last one number three we're kind of torn on that one but that's okay uh the last question for the day he who reads the newspaper knows what's going on in the world he who reads the bible knows why is that right on is that way off chris um i'll go right on okay <laughs> you sound a little reluctant to well that. i mean i the newspaper, that quote has to be more than 15 years old okay. because you can't even make that quote about the newspaper anymore because the news, the journalism is so rotten to the core now. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. It's, it's just a propaganda machine. In fact, you know, right, you get you your job know. based on what ideology college you came out of. True. In other words, certain colleges are grooming report like right now there's 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 pro Hamas journalists mm -hmm. why because they were raised up as journalists to be pro Hamas I mean this was their journey this was part yeah. of their schooling to get the job that they have with you know fill in the blank network or fill in the blank big newspaper they had to pass these litmus tests along the way mm -hmm. it's a sad sad state of affair for the newspapers but I agree because the Bible does give us the why behind everything. And should Jesus tarry 500 more years, every word of the Bible is true, word for word, cover to cover. And it doesn't look like it. But then I read some of the very, very wise, sound pastors of 1939, 1945, mm. 1950, that they thought Hitler was going to be the Antichrist. And then after Hitler was eliminated, there'd be another one. And so we always feel like we're in the end. Why is that? Well, there's a simple explanation. God puts it on our hearts that those of us who love Jesus because he first loved us, we want his return. We mm -hmm. look for his return. Every day we hope for his return. And so sometimes we read the news headlines, we try to line it up with prophecy, right, wrong, or otherwise. And anyone who starts setting dates, then you know that they're gone off the rails because we're told specifically to never set a date. So that's why I going to go right on, but with the caveat that journalism is lost. All right, Mike Shaw, what do you think? He who reads the newspaper knows what's going on in the world. He who reads the Bible knows why. Yeah, so I'm right on, mm -hmm. um, but with the same caveat. So let me just put it in a different way, I guess. Okay. So like if you're reading the newspaper and you have the police report, mm -hmm. so it's just the facts, ma'am. Mm -hmm. And so you've got, you know, so-and-so broke in and they got arrested and they're going to, you know, they face trial, blah, blah, blah. And then you read that and you go, oh, well, the Bible tells me that, you know, people's hearts are wicked and, mm -hmm. you know, here's someone who's maybe a meth addict and they're trying to support their their issues and, and the Bible has answers to all that. Mm -hmm. Right, all right, that. So, right. Jesus so in, is still the chain breaker. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. So in the factual way, that newspapers, some of them are still have some facts in them, then that would be right on. It, yeah. it is way off when you have the propaganda machine that most of yeah. the media has become. So but do you I, think, I agree with that. Do you think that even though, like, let's just look at the propaganda uh, sources mm -hmm. um, where, they're, where they might have that pro-Hamas view, Right. They're covering stories where there are actually pro-Hamas demonstrators mm -hmm. on college campuses and at the White House. This is a this is this is something that's clearly growing. And even though it's propaganda media, 
it's still telling us what's going on. That's true. A lot yeah, of the I mean, protests are propaganda protests too. That's true. Uh, they're they're funded by the George Soros oh, types, not just George by himself. But I mean, the, absolutely. The, the, they're the, you know, the, <laughs> is it any wonder that right that literally hours after the massacre, you had uh, Omar and Talib and the other ones ceasefire, yeah. ceasefire, you know, and and then they shoot their own hospital. Okay, and oh, yeah. and it, unfortunately for them, technology now can prove that it wasn't Israel. Yeah. And then you still got people that are going on saying it was Israel because they're they're married to the narrative. They're right. not married to the exactly. Facts. Even when the truth comes out, um, they they still believe the lie. And mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting because it's like every so often things get declassified, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh yeah, they were lying. We were right, <laughs> and yet it's like no one talks about it anymore. That was twenty years ago, and the people that that know the truth, still know the truth. And the people that believe the lie still believe the and lie. I think this is a Samuel Clements quote. Uh, don't quote me on that from uh, back in the day. But he said, if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do, you're misinformed. There. See, so that's a, that would have been a great one for like right a, on way off. That's like a corollary. <laughs> so, but, you know, using a few weeks, I'll forget. All right. Very uh, good. Sounds yeah. good. I think uh, that does it for our show. Really? Thanks, you okay. guys. I you mean, sure you don't want me to get more angry about something? <laughs> Please. Can you hit the desk really hard? You know, I, got the, I got that Monday morning annoyance today. guy going. Yeah. Is it yeah. because it's Monday? Uh, no, no. It's... <laughs> It's because our culture is dark and we're doomed. Well, okay. <laughs> other than that, I'm happy. Other than that, without Jesus, we're doomed. But here's the thing. We are not doomed. We, and we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. He has told us everything. He has written history from beginning to end. If you want to know about it, go to God's Word. Read the Bible. Get together with other fellow Christians who believe the Bible as well. Talk about these things. Come to an understanding when things don't add up. Um, Keep working on it. Keep searching the Lord and asking him to show you because he is faithful. He he will. He he will over time. If you if you seek him earnestly, I think that's what the word is. Earnestly. It's got to come from your heart that you really want to know him. You really want to be with him. Um, He is faithful and he will show you those things. So thank you so much for being. listening to the show once again we really appreciate every person who has listened and every person who's come alongside us financially don't forget there's a lot more that you can be a part of at freshroadmedia.com